0: What up, people? Shulte here, and you guys are about to listen to a clip from our weekly Patreon episode. If you want to sign up to our Patreon, support the flagrancy, support what we are doing, completely uncensored, flagrant content, you go to patreon.com slash flagrant2. With no more interruptions, here is the exclusive clip. They're coming after the goat once again. They're never going to stop. They're really never going to stop. They're really never going to stop. So basically, Joe Rogan is having a conversation about uh, the limitations of uh, what we can say now. I think in like a corporate environment, he was talking more so. But like, and he's saying basically it's going to get to the point where if you're a straight white male, you just can't have an opinion. You can't say anything. And obviously he got crazy pushback because, you know, Joe's a straight white male and he's been able to make an incredible living saying pretty much whatever he wants. I mean, obviously he gets tons of like backlash and pushback, but he's still able to do it. And now he's part of a corporation and he's able to continue to do it even though he's part of a corporation. And there's things that he walks back. There's things that he apologizes for, as you should if you say something that you didn't mean or something was misinterpreted or you get new information. I'm not angry at that at all. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think Joe is speaking for him. Like Joe is a very unique situation. I don't know if ever in history... There's been an independent guy that became the largest media personality in the world. I don't know if that's ever happened. Usually those people are tied to some sort of corporation. They have some sort of mutual interest with like super billionaires, et cetera. For whatever the fuck reason, Joe was able to ascend to that superstardom, right? Yeah. Um, There's a trust. People valued what he had to say. They valued the voices that he brought brought on the podcast, and they truly believed that he was the person that was going to help share truth and add a little bit more perspective to the world, Mm -hmm. right? He's not talking about him. I think he's talking about the young person that doesn't have that type of leverage Yeah. and how those people could get caught up in the game, and those people could feel like if they're in a corporate environment, they're at work, they just can't share their opinion about something because they might get fired. Yeah. And I don't think that that's untrue. It's no, interesting. I've it
1: seems like uh it, like it's this seems like the more liberal response whereas like the conservative response was whenever like LeBron James would come out and say like oh, there's a wealth inequality in America or like black people have a heart in America and people go, oh, you make so many millions of dollars. Like that's, you know, that's so hypocritical, but he's not talking about him. He's talking about black people in America. Yeah, that's a great point. I think he got
2: hyperbolic and then people took that literally when he was like, it's going to get to the point where, and he did say I'm serious, but I assume he was being hyperbolic. Like it's going to get to the point where white dudes can't go outside. We can't say anything because of our privilege. Yeah, I don't think it's going to get to that point, but it is, you guys aren't allowed to say much. And, yeah, and and the left will say mm. you can say less because you're white, which I don't. I, that's not my philosophy. I, you, I see us as equals, s- and we can say whatever the fuck we want. I, I'll give a little pushback on that. You can say whatever you want. Yes, you just have to accept what
0: comes with that. Some people aren't willing to accept what comes with that, and some people don't have the leverage to do that. I mean, like you can't sit on this podcast and say that like white guys can't say whatever they want because you sit across from a white guy who's straight and literally says whatever they want every single tuesday and thursday yeah Friday, that's fair Friday. i
2: think the uh, the new sometimes the consequences outpace what was said right there's not i'm not going back in every case of a white guy ever getting canceled but there are literally people on the left who are like no you can't say as much you're white you can't yeah, punch we, down yeah we're 100 same pitch yeah that that's a real thing and i think yes. when joe was like i'm serious he's going to get to the point where you can't go outside people are like what are you talking about i think he was being hyperbolic because i want to give him the benefit of the doubt but yeah. I also don't think his general point of, <clears throat> yo, why, straight white dudes can't say as much as everybody else, that's not false. The left will acknowledge that. You're not allowed to say as much because of your privilege. So a couple of things I think are going on here, and I think like uh, one thing that people aren't considering
0: is the value of clickability and how that influences news and how that influences a story. Mm-hmm. And once your name becomes synonymous with views yeah Mm. people are going to try to have a comment on whatever the fucking story it is okay Mm. so for example like joe rogan talking about straight white males is gold i would say bitcoin but now it's fucking worth nothing is (laughs) literally gold to left-wing uh writers left-wing blogs left-wing pundits, commentators, mm-hmm. right? Because if they can criticize the biggest name in media and attach it to a philosophy that all their people really care to hear opinions on, but justify their own opinion, which is, hey, white male, you should shut up, or white males have privilege, or white males, whatever, and you attach Joe Rogan to that story, to the moon. yeah, Hundreds of thousands of views, maybe millions of views. They're salivating once they get that story, right? right? Just like- I'm sure right-wing media uh, places are salivating the second LeBron says something, Mm -hmm. right? The second he speaks out about how people should be treated while it kind of ignores what's happening in China or is totally willing to capitulate to whatever China tells the NBA they should do, right? Right. So the clickability (laughs) drives the story. It's not like truth drives the story. clickability does and right now you know Joe Rogan is such a fucking lightning rod that whatever he talks about that's going to serve either side they are going to go for it because Mm -hmm. they're going to make money on it it's profitable to talk about Joe we're talking about it right now yeah right we're probably going to release a clip of this Mm -hmm. right people want to hear about it it's view worthy to so many fucking people Mm -hmm. so I think that there's this two things happening I think there's an illusion of care Mm -hmm. right And an illusion of fear. I don't think, like, the average white guy is, like, concerned, like, that they can't say anything. I think the average white guy is, like, I think that that could happen. I do think in, like, public settings, maybe I won't be able to say some stuff. I do feel like maybe I'd be fired or maybe I wouldn't be looked at as a job for, uh, looked at for a job first. Mm -hmm. Like, you have a straight white guy is going, like, "Ah, I might have something against me for getting a job at some corporation. Right. But... I don't think
2: they're actually walking around fearful. Do you think that? Maybe mm. I'm detached. No, I don't think they're walking around fearful. I just think there's an idea that you can't say as much because you can't punch down. Mm. Which is, to me, I, maybe this is too broad, but like that general idea bothers me. Because if you say punching down, automatically you're putting yourself above that person. Right. The idea of punching down, I hate. So we're all equal, so we can all punch, in my mind. Mm-hmm. I know white people have been given privilege throughout this country, but I just think that that there's only there's a limit to that and i think that's what i think that's what joe was trying to say there's a limit to like how much that should restrict them within society in terms of what they can say is it weird that like punching down is funnier for me <laughs> like it's just funnier it's like meaner you know, like, oh, yeah shit. maybe like, because it's more shocking and like taboo unless it's more of an emotional response yeah. and if you can break that tension that builds higher tension so if you can break it with Something funny, it makes it that much funnier. Yeah, like punching up is kind of easier because so you're supposed I hate to it. laugh at it. I hate it. That's why yeah. I'll sit here and defend straight white dudes because right now y'all got it. Y'all got it. It's so easy. Everybody just claps and I fucking hate how easy that is. So give yeah. me the hard thing. Let's yeah. make
0: fun of Al. Uh, oh, you're saying like if, what's that? Let's make fun of that. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems way more risky. Yeah. You know, especially in this environment. Like maybe there was a time, yeah, like if,
2: yeah. <laughs> dude i loved hating white guys my whole life that's all i did is hate white guys you remember yeah. when we met yeah i hated white guys it was so fun yeah that was so hack yeah so hack if you hate white guys yeah
0: move on it's just the easiest thing to get a clap from the audience
2: Ugh. yeah
0: it is uh but i mean if the joke is good write the joke like i'm not angry if there's a good joke great go jokes for it. are great jokes great jokes are great jokes but it does feel like this term you can't punch down what like, i mean i don't know man i think punching down is the funniest fucking thing dude because it's, it's, it's the riskiest,
2: like you said. Yeah, well, maybe we'll I just on. like that.
1: It's also subverting the expectation. But right. so much of comedy is subversion. And if you're believing that like, you can only go one way with something, once you bring up a topic, you kind of know the direction you're going to go. Yeah. But if you bring up like, you know, some disenfranchised minority group and you know that the confines are that we have to punch up, then you know oh this isn't going to be a joke about them it's going to be a joke about the power structure against them whereas yeah. if there's no necessarily like infrastructure for what the punching up or punching down or punching across is like oh this could go anywhere and then yeah. that raises the tension thus making the joke funnier i think
0: i think that we should i think punching down is back dude <laughs> <laughs> i think punching down is back no the,
1: the weird thing with punching down is that it like sort of it kind of doesn't contextualize like power in like across like other countries but it also like doesn't acknowledge power in like the way that they interlink with each other
0: are you talking about intersectionality of punching
1: kind of yeah whoa where it's like break it down where it's like i don't know i was thinking about this the other day where people say like oh like you can't joke like basically you create like a hierarchy of where yes
0: the punches are yes yes. so like there's supremacy uh, built in (laughs) <laughs> yeah. into, it, it, into who know. you're allowed to make fun and of. It, yeah. And it's inverted. Yeah, that's what, it's but that's what Akash is saying. It's just like, it's white supremacists to not think you could make fun of minorities because you're basically going, I'm better than all of yeah, you. Yeah, I and can't I'm make, too fun good to make fun kids? of these poor
2: kids. What have they right. been through yeah. so much? They're not capable of handling this. Yeah, it's like right. adding yeah.
0: weight classes to races. Yeah, are yeah. the heavyweights. So, we can only punch so other like heavyweights. Like a kid
1: with a disability is allowed to make fun of a gay guy and a gay guy is allowed to make fun of a black guy. Right. Unless, like, the black guy has a lot of money and then that's punching up again. And so, like, there's intersections where, like, right. you can be disenfranchised but then have other things that enfranchise you yeah. that then bring you out of this hierarchical system of punching up or down.
0: Yeah. And there's like, no
1: real outset for what the rules are.
0: If you're a black billionaire, who can you make fun of?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And it's a Like, does
0: billionaire deal. take you out of your position? of oppressed minority because you're black or do you get to maintain all the different people that you're allowed to make fun of because you're you're black even though you're a billionaire yeah. i mean this is the conversation about like will Smith, This conversation about you know lebron james is like
2: it's at a, at a certain point in time you also have privilege right because you're so wealthy maybe not them because they came from different but their kids no, lebron no, no. james jr but Maiden even them Smith. That's privilege for sure. Well, I mean, now they're in a privileged position, but like Jaden Smith was born in a privilege. Right. You were born to be a multimillionaire celebrity family. I don't care. That's just a privilege. You can find the race, whatever. You have it better than a white kid in a trailer park. And if you disagree with that, I don't know what to tell you. Right. hundred percent. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is like, you can switch your
0: privilege within your life. Right.
2: Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. But
0: I completely agree with what you're saying right there, which is like, yeah, you were born into this privilege and that's, that privilege still exists regardless of what your race is. Right. Right. And there's going to be situations that Jaden's in that, you know, the average white kid like him are not going to be in. Right. But Jaden might be more privileged than that average poor white kid. Right. But LeBron, who came from no privilege and then has an incredible amount of privilege right now. I mean, you know, you, if you call yourself king like yeah life is pretty good yeah <laughs> right you don't yeah. call yourself king because of how horrible your life is right right so so does he have to acknowledge his privilege does he have to check his privilege before he gives opinions about the world
1: yeah like, perhaps in that regard but like should anyone in america be allowed to make fun of anyone not in america or anyone in a developing country?
0: exactly so if we are if we're the heavyweights when it comes to countries who can we make fun of can we make fun of Sweden? Can we make fun of Norway? Or are we punching down? Well, those would probably be equal. But, like, could we make fun of... But why of are they? Why, why Why? are they equal? Because they're developed nations. Yeah. But who decides target. that? Like, can we make fun of Canada? They can't even get vaccines. Are we punching down? Yeah, that's the thing. Is And I think Can Canada is, make fun of... Oh, sorry to interrupt. But can Canada make fun of us when it comes to healthcare shit prior to all this vaccine? We don't have healthcare. Are you punching down? That's right. Are you teasing us? I mean, yeah.
1: I think anybody can talk about anyone as long as you use nuance and um, take like a chance of trying to empathize with that me, group of people. I love I, that.
2: That's the discerning fact. We can yeah. acknowledge white privilege exists, yeah. but that doesn't mean white people can't say anything. So, all, yeah, so exactly. Just say it with nuance. So like, a lot of times
0: I think we try to like create these blanket rules because it comforts us. Don't punch down. There's just a blanket rule, and And everybody's. It's easy and simple. It's easy, simple. If everybody abides by it, then my life will be more comfortable. For example, we have these like little uh, what lanes on a highway. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, We maybe don't need lanes on highway. You ever drive in Egypt? Whatever. I don't know why you would, but we I went to Egypt. There's no fucking lanes, and if they are lanes, like nobody really abides. But there's not that many accidents. At least what I saw, it's no different, not, not crazier than Miami where we are right now. But the lanes just make everything comfortable for everybody. If yeah. I stay in this lane and everybody stays in their lane, then we'll be good and my nice life structure. won't be hurt. The structure helps people. It makes people feel comfortable, right? So the don't punch down thing is a nice structure, right? It yeah. makes people feel comfortable. My feelings won't get hurt because motherfuckers know not to punch down. And I won't hurt feelings because I know all I got to do is punch up and everything's fine. Everything's cool. But what I think that we've learned is that if you actually know something about a culture, right? I mean, this has been really helpful for me in my career is... Is if you know something about a culture and the person that you're making fun of feels like you're not just doing a hack joke about them, but actually like you've taken a second and kind of learned a little bit, bit about them. Mm-hmm. They're cool and comfortable with that and they almost appreciate it more. Yeah, They're like, you're not doing this surface level joke. Mm-hmm. Matter yeah. of fact, you've gone beyond the surface. You care to like learn a little something about yeah. me. Yeah. And I didn't expect that of you. And it reveals right. intentionality. Like My intention is not to make you feel bad. Yeah. Right. Like if
1: a black guy makes make a joke about black people... They know the intention is not to disparage black people because you're a part of the group. But yes. if you're a white guy making a joke about black people, it's like, okay, mm. which side are you on? Are you yes. with us? Are you against
0: us? Like- but if I show that I know something about your culture that maybe you didn't expect me to know, yeah. now oh, you know my yeah. intentions are pretty good. Right. Yeah. For the most part. I'm sure we can find circumstances. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But generally speaking. If it makes right.
2: us feel better about your
0: intentions. All right, guys. We're going to take a break from this exclusive Patreon clip because I got to make sure your dicks are working the way that they should. Okay? I care about your dicks. And ladies, if you don't have a dick, you might have one going inside you and it should be the best performing dick on the planet. And the way you get that is by telling that motherfucker to use blue chew. Fellas, you should already be on a chew. You should already know about this, okay? It is a choice. Do you want to deliver the best dick? Then you get on the chew. You chew her up, you chew it out. Blue Chew has the same active ingredients as inside Cialis, Viagra, but let me tell you something. This is the one we use, so this is the one that you're going to use, and you can get it right now for free, okay? Free. All you got to do is go to BlueChew.com, use the promo code Andrew, and you're going to get it for $5 shipping. Free. You just pay that $5 shipping. You get the best dick of your life. Go deliver
2: it. Now, let's get back to this exclusive Patreon clip. Real quick to go back to what the Joe point is, something you said about like, can we punch down against Canada because they don't have access to the vaccines? Where does it end? I think that was Joe's main point. I think that's what he was trying to say about the left is the cancel culture never really ends because there's always somebody you can be like, oh, I'm punching down. And that's his point. We're going to paint ourselves into a real fucking corner with punching down. I think he said it poorly. I also think if you talk for 15 hours a week into a fucking microphone, you're going to say some things poorly. And maybe that's something we empathize with more than most people because we talk for five hours a week and shit comes out poorly every single and that,
0: hour. And that's a great point. And that goes right back into what we're saying about the clickbait culture yeah. is that there are people waiting for him to say something poorly because they know how many fucking views it's going to yes. get. They know how many clicks the article is going to get. They know that it's going to sell those fucking ads.
2: Yeah. So they're just waiting. 15 hours a week. I'm going to listen to a whole shit. You're going to say something that's going to make a good article. 100%. Boom. And yep. to those people I say you have never, if you talk for an hour a week, you would say shit every hour. They'd be like, what the fuck did I say? Yeah. That, that came out wrong. Yeah. That's just a, that's, We're all human beings. None of us are perfect. And that's kind of to Joe's point again of we're painting ourselves into this culture where we all have to be perfect all the time and none of us are. To err is human, to forgive is divine. Maybe yeah. try being divine sometimes.
1: But that's the thing. That's where I think cancel culture will end. Like, like, to Joe's point, he says, like, it won't ever end. And granted, I didn't ever grow up in a time where there, point. it didn't exist. Yeah. So, like, I don't really have a metric. Like, I, we were even talking about this in the context of what he was talking about, watching Superbad and being like, whoa, like, I can't believe these jokes flew even oh, yeah, like, say that. 15 years ago. So, like, I just watched Superbad recently for the first time. And I was like, I can't believe this was, like, fine.
0: So, it, who directed like, Superbad?
1: Uh, Jet Apatow? Was it Apatow? I believe, no. uh uh, it was just Seth, Seth Rogen? I don't remember. I know Seth Rogen wrote it, right? Yeah. Jonah Hill was in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know actually who directed it.
2: The okay. 40 year old version was Judd Apatow. There's an entire Greg scene Mittola. with him That's and like, Paul, I think oh. him and Paul Rudd, just saying for four minutes, Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd, I think it is, going, uh-huh, I know you know, I know you're gay? And then they just make fun of each other with that for like four minutes in the movie. Which is hysterical. It's a hysterical scene. Now you're, they get canceled. That whole movie's tanking because of that one scene.
1: But it was just crazy to watch Superbad with the context of like, and again, I thought it was funny, but the watching it and being like, I can't believe that this was the number one movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people still today go, oh, that's the best, you know, teen movie of all time.
0: Yeah. And, and I think to Akash's point, which is like, these things can exist at this time and we can celebrate them. And then people can evolve. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. I think the biggest issue we have is, you know, a guy like Judd Apatow, who's who's been very critical of certain things being made fun of or certain viewpoints, et cetera. It's like you evolved. you got to give these other people the exact same room to evolve as well. Yeah. If bare minimum, you got to give them the room to evolve because it took you time. Mm -hmm. That's bare minimum. Yeah. Right. They might not, but you gotta give them the room because you expect people to give you the room, you're not canceling you. Yeah. 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 To me, it's, a,
1: it's an empathy thing. Have like, a little bit. I don't even mind if you criticize someone. If you've done something bad, you grow. Like if someone's like in a gang, they got out of the gang, they grew and they go, yo, the gang shit is fucked up, mm-hmm. even though they made a ton of money while they were in the gang. Yeah. It's not that they're criticizing it or trying to change it. It's that they might not, if they don't have empathy, that's where it's fucked up. Yeah. Like, Man, what are you guys doing? You guys are idiots for making these jokes. You guys are the worst. Like yeah. you guys are canceled. If it's coming from a place of empathy where they go, look, like I've been here, like I remember when I was young and in comedy and I did some dumb shit, you gotta grow from it. Like that's a different thing than if it's just outright trying to cancel people doing the same mistakes you made. And yeah.
2: maybe that's Tamar's point of why cancel culture will end. And maybe it's a better way for Joe to say what but do you when want will say? it end? I don't understand. I tend why to think end.
1: that it will once it becomes like endemic. When every single person on the internet has a footprint that they're not happy about and they're not proud of, then people will be much mutually
0: more... assured destruction. I think people will just be
1: quicker <laughs> nice. to recognize their own frailty and they'll go, Oh, like, yeah, like this guy's getting canceled for this, but like I did that before and I'm not gonna put a ton of fire
2: on it. The left and the right are Russia and America in the se- in the sixties. It's just like <laughs> we all got the nukes now. are point. Let's yeah. go.
1: what are we gonna do? So I think it'll it'll hit a time and a threshold when people realize like, yeah, we've all fucked up, we've all done dumb shit. What was like, and I think that people will be generally more nuanced. And I think this is an overcorrection from an era when, like, you could literally say anything and it was just crazy. Yeah. To now people overcorrecting, and now it's like you're getting canceled for one tweet that you posted a while back. And I think it will kind of level out as things go forward. And people will recognize, like, the nuance and the intentionality. I don't, I don't see it ever canceling. Because uh, I think yeah. people are just getting more adjusted to the times where it's like, all right, let me not put this out there because I know this would get me canceled like we still have these thoughts in our head but it's like we're just doing a better job of trying not to get canceled and so we're basically just being which
2: is, bigger frauds which also online. bothers me yeah that bothers me I, about the cancel yeah, culture we don't change our thoughts we just change
0: our words yeah i i think that it it might be a mixture of both but um i understand the point mark is trying to say i don't know if it ever just like completely goes away i i usually think that like finances dictate these things mm. so i think what what's happening right now is that um for lack of a better word, like cancel culture is forcing people to go independent in order to continue to create the art that they want to create. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. We're a perfect example of that. Right. You create that independence, that insulation. And then all of a sudden, all the value will be with the creators that are independent and all the eyeballs will be with those creators. And then the only way to have access to that for the big corporations is right. if they do deals with those independent creators. Netflix special, perfect example. We do the exact Netflix special we want to make, right? That could never have been done five years ago. The yep. first time we do a Netflix special, whatever the fuck we want to do, Yeah, I would, I would say on some level, like they're very few, outside of like the Chappelle's and stuff, that's very rare, but we cultivated something so that that could happen. I think that will be the end, if you will, of cancel culture. It's create an audience, have autonomy, have all the leverage in the world to do your thing. Yeah, And then you can partner with these corporations and the corporations will go, well, I need to pay the bills and I need to make money. And the way we do that is with these independent guys who have yeah. this massive audience. Yeah. And then there won't be any value to the scrutiny because the second you get scrutinized, you get canceled, you go, well, I just won't work with that company anymore. Like, I'll be honest, you know, eh, actually, no, I'm,
2: I'm not going to say that just yet. But I think that is I think that is the trajectory. Yeah. And I think also entertainment is getting so splintered that we can all just kind of go to the guys we like. The, so the far left can find the guys that don't offend them. The far right can find the guys that don't offend them. The rest of us who are just looking for humor can find it wherever we want to find it. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Ends, sorry to, to cut you. But you know what ends up happening? The only time you hear the pushback
0: is when a watering hole streaming platform or a watering hole television show. Uh, Unites them Mm. So for example Like the far left guys Or the far right guys They have their own audiences They live in their uh, Ecosystems They don't touch anybody else The only time It's really an issue Is when one of those guys Comes to Netflix Mm -hmm. Or comes to HBO Mm -hmm. How are you platforming This person How are you doing That's the only reason Right That's the only time The bloggers and shit like that Are talking all this stuff When they're existing Within their own Little ecosystems Nobody's blogging about uh, Steven Crowder How fucked up he is Yeah Maybe they are But it's just not I disagree because it's like there's everybody has their own
1: side. So like what's going on with Joe right now. Yeah. Hey, if I want some clicks, that's let true. me just go see what he's doing over there I on think, his platform. Let me clarify that's behind a paywall. Let me
0: clarify I exp- what, what I was saying. Uh you, you don't have people pushing back against Steven Crowder as much because he's existing in his ecosystem, right? Uh in the same and and excuse me. Um And the same thing on some like super left leaning one. Uh, What was that podcast that the Obama writer did? I don't know. Pod Save Uh, America. Pod Save America or something like that. I'm not. Basically, those people existing in their ecosystem and they have their people that support what they do, right? But I guarantee if Crowder did uh, a special for Netflix, you'd have all these left wing people going, How the fuck could you put him on your. your, Do you know what this guy has said? Blah, blah, blah. And I guarantee if the extreme left podcast or show did a Netflix special, you'd have all these people on the right going, how the fuck could you platform these communists? What the hell are you doing, et mm-hmm. It's only when they come to the watering hole where both sides gotta unite to watch fucking Game of Thrones or Shadow and Bone or whatever thing. Both of us are now in this same place where we have to go, oh my God, why are you putting this stuff in front of me? And mm-hmm. I think to
1: his point, like Rogan being on Spotify is the watering hole. And like he didn't get any flack or any heat prior to being on Spotify.
0: But now that he's in he's the on centralized. No, when he was on YouTube, he got a lot, but also, uh, also he was just the biggest. But now that he's platformed by like a major corporation. Now, now you can hold the platform responsible. The right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And because remember, you can't put heat to someone who owns their shit. If somebody's like, how, Schultz, how dare you put yourself on your YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, yeah, the audacity. Right. But if if you go Spotify, how dare you? Yeah. Now Spotify gotta worry about all their other businesses, Mm -hmm. all their other relationships. Mm -hmm. Oh shit, do I want these people who are listening to music, which is 90% of our business, Mm -hmm. 95%? Do I want them to stop listening to us?
2: Oh fuck. Now I gotta make a decision. Is it worth all this scrutiny? Yep. And it I can I can empathize with them too. Like as a business grows, you get less attached to the people you work with. Like I don't know if uh, I should talk about this, but you have like you have a company that does ads for podcasts, right? right. You bring on podcasts right now that you like. As it continues to grow, with God willing it does, I'm trying to look for, hey, you get this guy, this guy, this guy. You're just going to get less attached to each person that adds to it. Yep. So 100 podcasts down the line, God willing. Somebody might say something that's crazy, and you don't know that guy. If 85 South says something that's crazy, Carlos is my guy. I'm not getting rid of Carlos. Right. Fuck you. Right. But hundred when you're Spotify size, I don't know this guy. Yeah. get rid of him. What do I care? yeah he like can figure it out he's causing too many problems he's causing problems in my life i don't even know this motherfucker get yeah, him out i'm not going i'll go to bat for my guys that i started with after that hey man you were here as a business transaction and it was great while it lasted and now it's not worth the headache tony I'm hinchcliffe out. wme yeah. drops him yeah they probably
0: didn't even see the video the full set didn't even understand it's not the worth context it. it's not, not worth tmz it. did a story and they're like we have to separate ourselves from this because we're a publicly traded company yeah. And it is an issue. Mm. Like, that's a real issue with being on W, being part of WME yep. right now. You have to understand, like, they're concerned about their stock price. Yeah. And if you could affect their stock price negatively, wow. snip, snip. Yeah. Mm. And as a creator, as someone who would consider signing with WME, you have to take that very seriously. Yeah. Now, before they were public, they'd probably snip your ass if you were bad for what the company looked like. In general
2: So yeah. I don't know It might not change it But now it shifts it It's Now it's magnified Stock it's, price is volatile yep. Shit bro If it's If you're gonna drop my stock $20 Get the fuck out it's I don't true. need A thousand investors Calling me Going fucking nuts I just don't need it Get out You're one motherfucker Be out That's a really It's just really interesting it, Yeah
0: It's really interesting You gotta make that consideration When you're choosing An agency right now Especially if you think That you have a voice That could be volatile mm-hmm. And you have a voice That could shake shit up Yeah And yeah, that's something to consider. Yeah. So, any like concluding thoughts on the Rogan situation? He's the best. (laughs) (laughs) No, again, I fuck the rest.
2: uh, Yeah. I don't think he said it well. I also, again, empathize with not saying shit well when you do a podcast. We do half the episodes he does, the episodes are shorter. And every week I walk out of here being like, ah, that didn't come out right. So, yeah. like, 100% empathize. And I think also the cancel culture, to your point, they should be, people who are supportive of it should be mindful of the fact that at some point, if you're not perfect... It's coming for you. It's going to come for you. And Chrissy Teigen, Judd Apatow. These are people that had, Chrissy Teigen came for, Judd Apatow could easily come for it. 100%.
0: Yeah.
2: And if you've been supportive of this, we're gonna, they're going to enjoy taking you down even more because then the right will be like, yo, fuck, fighting for cancel culture. This guy fought against us. Take that motherfucker down. Yeah. Let's go.
0: All right guys, you just listened to a clip from our weekly Patreon episode. If you want to continue to listen to that episode, subscribe, join the asshole army Patreon, keep it tight and keep it flagrant with us. You can do that at patreon.com slash flagrant to indulge.